Hello and welcome back to the Irish Film London podcast season two. I'm your host Neve Brannigan and I am joined with Jerry Maguire. How are you this week Jerry? Really well Neve. thank you very much. I'm enjoying the good weather that's come back to London. Good, good. Well, this week is a little bit more chill. It's a little bit quieter in regards to releases and kind of film news because I think the summer everyone's kind of gearing up for uh, festival season, especially in Ireland. Yes. Um, so that's already kicked off. Uh, there was Fastnet at the weekend um, and you were telling me about um, Ackle Island film, Fla, as well. Yeah. That sounded lovely. Yeah, so Ackle Island's first film festival took place in the last couple of weeks. Uh, really positive news and reviews coming out of that. It sounds like a really cool little event and we hope it returns in years to come. But yeah, it's you're right, it's the start of festival season now, really. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think distributors and filmmakers and stuff are kind of probably waiting a little bit yeah like when the sun's out people don't normally go to the cinema very much Mm -hmm. and i think distributors plan for that so it's maybe a bit of a quieter time um yeah definitely and there was also um the other uh, festival you were telling me about that i had never heard of before was the docks ireland festival yeah so docks ireland is in its third or fourth year i think um it's based in belfast it's kind of an offshoot of the Belfast Film Festival or it shares some of the same team. Um, but it started with a bang. It's made a really big impact in the few years it's been around. It's both a documentary film festival and a, a marketplace where filmmakers go and pitch their, their projects. Um, but they've just announced their festival program for this year. Looks great. Really, really strong program. Loads of brilliant Irish and international documentaries involved there. So really looking forward to that. Brilliant. And then in regards to festivals, it's not necessarily, you know, on the same level as Ackle Island and uh, Fastnet Festival, but uh, Cannes went down really well. Um, and the uh, the Irish films uh, that were at the Cannes Film Festival went down really well. God's Own Creatures and Aftersun, which uh, I'm so excited to see those. It's always, I think, Cannes kind of has a reputation for having tough audiences. So I think yeah. if you can get through those, then, uh, then you're flying it. Yeah, so both of those have Paul Mescal in them. We talked about them a little bit last time, I think. But yeah, they both got really, really well received. Um, There's a huge number of Irish films which were represented at Cannes Mm -hmm. between the marketplace and the ones that were on display in the the Irish pavilion and the ones that were in the various competitions and selections and so on. So yeah, we had a good, we had a good wee bit of representation there. Um, And how do we feel about um, standing ovations at Cannes? That was a kind of, became a sort of a meme at Cannes. (laughs) Like, one film got a uh, four minute or five minute standing ovation and then the next one got what did Top Gun got like an eight minute standing ovation and then yeah so I think Top Gun was six minutes oh. and then very bizarrely um, Elvis was 12 that's the new I mean, one right yeah I, I'd just be exhausted I'd be like <laughs> my hands would be falling off me from clapping like you know there's yeah. shown your appreciation and then there's like I would just, I'd love to work in the cinema and like flick on and off the lights, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think it's, it's a very good marketing thing though, I have to say, because now yeah. I didn't really have an interest in going to see um, Elvis, the new Baz Luhrmann film, but now I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm interested to go and see it now. Yeah. Um, and I, I have heard fab on. things about Top Gun though. I have. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, heard, I've heard really, really good things from people who I didn't expect to mm. be into it, but all the, all the film programmers that I follow whose views I really respect 
they've all almost universally said it's it's great crack and that it's quite an achievement for a film. Um, a lot of people talking about award stuff for Tom Cruise for that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, loads of stuff. And a lot of people suggesting big awards for the film itself, Oscars and stuff like this. Which like top that that Top Gun film, like my relationship to it is it's just the it, it's the one trailer I saw incessantly at the cinema mm. for about two and a half years. I just can't wait for it to be out so the trailer is gone. It's <laughs> taking up so much space in my brain, <laughs> rent free. And I just want it gone. But apparently it's really, really good. Like I have to put Yeah. We'll have to go and, and, and chat about it on the next one. So we were kind of, uh, talking about it in our um, last intro about IFL going on tour. It's finally coming upon us. So IFL are hitting Glasgow, Liverpool, Manchester and Newcastle. Yep. Amazing. That's it. You've done that for me. Yeah. Brilliant. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So if you're from any of those places and you're listening, definitely go and support the guys and uh, head down to the IFL events. They're going to yes. be great. Yeah. Um, and then also you were saying submissions for uh, IFL Festival are just the best ever. I mean, we have just closed our submissions for our, the final season of Irish Film From Home. And in the meantime, we're, we've got submissions open for the Irish Film Festival London in November. Um, so this week gone by, we, we met our early bird deadline. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you get to submit for cheaper if you submit early. That's the early bird deadline. We're now into the regular submission period. At this stage for any other year, we have smashed the, the submission numbers. Like we've got more submissions in now at this than at any other year at this stage. And that, you know, that should be a projection of us getting the most submissions at the end of the, mm. the submission period ever. So really, really, really pleased about this. It means that there's lots and lots of new Irish films out there that we can that we can look at. And that the, it means that the festival in November is going to be really, really strong, really, because we've got such mm. a great selection to choose from. Amazing. So That's coming. so exciting. Yeah. Keep them coming. Filmfreeway.com forward slash Irish Film Festival London. Uh, get your submissions in. The regular deadline closes on, I think, the 11th of July. And then there's a late deadline for any latecomers whose films aren't finished or who haven't got around to it yet or whatever. Late deadline does get more expensive. So mm. it's, it's really worth your while to try and push and get that into us now. Um, as for the tour... If anyone is in Glasgow, we are at the CCA, the Centre for Contemporary Arts, this weekend. Uh, Vivian Dix, New York, our time is on Friday evening. Tygo Sullivan's To The Moon is on Saturday evening. Come down and join us there. There are still tickets available for both of those, um, but I'm sure that they will be going fast. Liverpool, uh, we'll probably chat to you about that in the meantime, but we are going to be at FACT in Liverpool on the 8th of June. And then Manchester, we are at home in Manchester, a brilliant venue, on the 14th with New York Our Time and the 20th, Tuesday the 20th, I think it is, with, uh, with To The Moon. And then hopefully we're in Newcastle with New York Our Time again on Wednesday 29th. That one's not quite on sale yet, but save the date. Amazing. Brilliant. I can't wait to hear all about that. Uh, and then another film along with Top Gun, obviously, that we both have to go and see and then chat about is Men is now out with mm. Jesse Buckley, which looks yes. incredible. We were chatting about that in our last chat as well. So I think yeah. that's going to be really, really great. There's some initial reviews out for that and they're 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 quite positive. Like, I think mm. there's, there's some people who are not so into the political discourse around the, the male-female mm-hmm thing that's going on in there like Jesse Buckley is a lead character who is 
I guess you would call her like an archetypal traumatized woman kind of character. So there's a few like horror thriller tropes going on in there, but it is an Alex Garland film. He made mm-hmm. he's made some very high concept sci-fi. I don't think that people should be going into it expecting it to be like an all men are evil thing. I think there's got to be a lot more going on under the surface there. What I have heard from people like Edgar Wright were saying this week that uh, the VFX is really, really incredible and that Alex Garland has actually, you know, he's he'll push your expectations in the right direction. Yeah, it would be interesting to see as well the, the reviews that aren't so great if they're written by men or women. Ooh, yes, mm. good point. Hadn't considered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have heard a few things that uh, if you have a delicate ego as a man, don't go and see it. <laughs> there's another bit of news I want to drop in as well, actually. Mm-hmm. Go for it. So there's so there was another announcement today which I think is newsworthy in terms of including in the in the podcast news. But um, some cinemas in London are about to get cheaper to attend. No way. What? Unreal. So, earlier on today, uh, there was a uh, release in the trades from Curzon. They have completely restructured their prices and their prices are about to drop in line with what they say is a very much changed customer experience um, mm-hmm. in the current climate. So basically they're trying to adjust their prices so that it's more affordable for most people but this is that's something i feel really strongly about like i've worked with Curzon cinemas in london for a long time they've got really beautiful venues that they've invested a lot of money into across the country but for a long time going to a place like Curzon, not just Curzon, but like central london cinemas like especially the leicester square venues it's not just a case of pay your ticket and have a good time like especially if you want to go to a leicester square show oh my god so expensive yeah it's like an event cinema experience it's experiential and all that kind of stuff so it's the guts of 20 quid for your cinema ticket probably the same for your for your refreshments and your popcorn and all that kind of stuff factor in the travel and you're talking about you know it's the guts of 50 quid to go and see a film mm-hmm. and that's 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 fine and I, I, to an extent justifiable if you're a leicester square venue and you want to go for the big experience thing like they did a top gun red carpet thing in leicester square last week or the week before last there was an actual fighter jet there you know that you could get your picture taken with and stuff that kind yeah. of stuff that's really yeah. cool and if you're going to do that do it in leicester square absolutely it's, it's great it's great crack and there's imax and luxury seats and all that kind of stuff but mm. that prices a lot of people out like i mean w- w- when you're going out to the cinema Eve, are you and if i if i told you that you could go out and see men with jesse buckley in it but it's going to cost you your ticket's going to cost you 20 quid on its own are you going to see that film would definitely deter me away from from wanting to run out the door and not waiting for it to come on all of the streaming services that we have in in our homes you know that's exactly that's exactly the thing so this price drops really encouraging and just to give you some like an idea of how much it is now jesse obviously i love you just in case you're listening obviously (laughs) i'm gonna go and see it (laughs) yeah we're gonna go see it 
Yeah. Um, so give, to give you an idea of the of, of what the price drop looks like, so the standard price in a place like Curzon Bloomsbury, which is in um, central London, uh, just south of King's Cross, really lovely cinema, is about £17.50 for a standard mm-hmm. ticket price at present. That's going to go down to about a tenner, and cheaper than that with um, with discounts for like students and members and stuff like that so it's really it's actually they're actually in some cases they're cutting their ticket price in half yeah that's, that's fantastic i mean and for a number of reasons though like one for smaller films yeah uh, like you say like films like top gun or marvel films you know unless you're squares that's fine but also even when you think about it like big marvel films and all that kind of stuff in leicester square cinemas but if they're that expensive they're gonna um deter away from families going because that's families right. aren't you know what i mean so it actually yeah. doesn't really serve a, like a lot of people mm-hmm. um so i just think that's yeah i think because it's gotten to a point now because the price of living yes. in london and dublin and everything is just getting worse and higher and higher um you know going to the theater going to the cinema is just becoming more and more of a luxury you know totally totally and we don't want it to be a luxury we want it to be accessible to everyone so yeah, this, is, exactly. this is universally good news I think that's amazing that's so so great and what's really interesting is that the the ecosystem for cinemas in a place like London well across across the UK in general really like but it's kind of focused on London those indie art house venues they're all very much connected and what will be really interesting will be to see whether picture house or another of the chains like view or someone like that follow suit whether mm. they drop things or, or make an offer um to to, to follow it following their footsteps of course on fingers crossed mm. that's brilliant news that's a lovely note to finish our chat on really really nice um so i had gorgeous chats this week with alison oliver who plays francis in conversation with friends our patron lenny abramson directed um kind of a, a block of uh, of these episodes and it's just such a gorgeous series and i hope you all enjoy our chats and thank you so much sherry i will chat to you very soon nice one Dave. chat you soon bye If you're part of the regular Irish Film London audience or want to get more from your experience, consider joining our growing family of members for a range of exciting benefits. Irish Film London is a non-for-profit organisation. Our mission is to promote the best new Irish film to audiences all over the UK and with the help of this podcast, the world. If you become a festival friend or a festival champion, you get perks like discounted tickets for films and events, free access to Irish Film from Home Films and invites to networking events and so much more. So check it out now. Welcome, Alison, to the Irish Film London podcast. Thank you so much for coming on to chat to me today. Such a joy to have you on. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no worries at all. So, so chuffed to have, have you on. So let's go right back. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, how did conversations with friends come into your life first? Um, I Yeah, I'd read the book um, before I kind of auditioned or anything. Um, and was like so obsessed with it and so moved by it like so many people um and yeah it was just kind of like in my brain then as one as one of my favorite novels um and then funnily enough like a couple of months later then um an audition tape came in for for the series so 
it was it was kind of funny to have read the book and and you know I guess Sally's writing has that kind of feel to it that they are kind of real people like it's so descriptive that you you really feel like they exist in the world and so um or their experience of life was like realer than ours or something that I just felt like they were real people and 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 so it was a really interesting thing to to kind of then go and audition to to be in it and I mean so relatable because you also went to Trinity as well so you know not much of a, a far stretch I guess in a way which is really really cool but what was the the kind of process like so you did a tape and then did you have to do in-person com- um, auditions were there any kind of chemistry tests or yeah it was like it was I mean, my I think my first self-tape was like summer of 2020. So it was like still kind of quite lockdown-y. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a tape and then I had about maybe a month later, I did like a, or maybe two weeks later or something, I did like a uh, um, Zoom interview with uh, with Lenny. Um, and then I had a audition in person then um, for like my last round. Um, and yeah and then it was only kind of after that I'd been cast did I do like chemistry reads with um like Sasha and um Jemima for their roles and that was it was such an interesting thing for me to be on the other side of that um and they both kind of like when I saw them audition it's so interesting because it's just so evident like you you kind of without any kind of discussion I just knew that they were going to be those roles so it was amazing for me to actually get to experience that side and 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 see that so you were cast and then the casting kind of happened around you in a way was it like did you kind of read with loads of other actors or did they kind of have it all kind of picked out of of who they wanted you to read with I think um so I think like after I'd done my audition in person with Lenny um I didn't hear back for a while and I think during that time you know I think Lenny was seeing um like people for Nick and I I know that like he kind of immediately when he saw Joe he was totally um sold on 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 Joe being Nick and stuff so I think Lenny does a brilliant thing where I think he he kind of has to see all these like everyone in in his head first before he's kind of like yes because all of those relationships kind of inform each other and and they all need to kind of flow I guess so um I think when I had been cast like a couple of days later Joe had had been offered um Nick um and then uh I then got to be a part of of reading with the different um people auditioning for Bobby and and Melissa um and but from like the moment that myself and Joe were cast we were like straight away on zooms chatting loads and because of the pandemic we actually had about six months to prepare um and so we had like so much contact during that time um whether it was like you know on a zoom like this with Lenny chatting about it or just chatting ourselves um so by the time we actually all came to film it, it we all knew each other quite well which is I think maybe can sometimes be rare um and even in addition to that like 
you know, as the new kind of drafts were coming in and they were developing the scripts further and further, like we were sent those new drafts and we were kind of asked our kind of thoughts on them, which was amazing, like and so collaborative that we were so kind of involved in in all of it. And um, and so, yeah, it was I feel like that whole time was like a period in itself, like all of the stuff before we actually even started filming. And um, so it was really, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, those six months, was that because, were they kind of scheduled for that reason? Or was that like because of COVID or? It was because of COVID. So like, I think right. it was scheduled to start maybe November, 2020. And then it went to January and then to February. And then it was just like, do you remember like January of 2021 and it was like the highest it had ever been mm. and I think it was just a case of like if we start we'll probably have to stop yeah and so almost trying to just go if we just leave it till closer to the summer we'll probably just get get a run in and 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 be able to manage much better and I'm, I'm glad we did that because I think it's one of those shows or I guess stories that you you kind of just want to stay in it once you start um absolutely I'd say it would be really disorientating kind of dropping in and out and just even continuity and momentum and everything as well exactly exactly so um yeah I think they they definitely made the right call kind of waiting till summer and also it's always nice I think to shoot in the summer because a lot of the stuff was it's funny actually the story like in the book we actually it, it's the same kind of seasonal time like it starts kind of at the end of exams and then links around back to Christmas and we finished like October I think so yeah it was meant to be <laughs> it was meant to be exactly but also as well like as you say that's so rare that you would get that kind of pre prep time you know that's such a kind of a theater thing you know it's all these rehearsals and all that kind of bonding with casts whereas like with tv and film you're just kind of you're straight in you got to have the chemistry straight away you know all that kind of stuff so that's really that's that's brilliant and and obviously did really work out and really um added to the relationships that you guys had that we could definitely see on screen and what I love about this series is how it deals with the topic of can you love more than one person and kind of the shame I guess in a way that can go along with that topic Um, and I think especially more recently people are beginning to open up a bit more about monogamous relationships and kind of feels like a perfect time for conversations with friends you know and like excuse the pun the conversation around that topic um so what was that what was that like kind of diving into that kind of uh, subject matter and how important was that to 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 get that across yeah it's it's really interesting because like I think like it's I guess with Sally as well like I never feel like she's trying to teach anyone a lesson or any of that kind of stuff she's so intelligent and I'm kind of just like winds these ideas like and wraps them up in a in in a character's narrative or it's just a part of their life and so in a sense like I think when you see Frances kind of embark on this affair and then also kind of things of her past with Bobby are, are being kind of unearthed like it just kind of presents itself to her of like oh I I'm I'm in love with two people like that that is just the case for me and and similar to Nick with with Francis and Melissa and I think like what I learned from it or what I thought was really interesting was actually the feeling is incredibly simple like I love I have love for two people but it's all of the kind of um 
cultural messaging or like uh, like um the kind of constructs that we have been taught since like you know like we were born mm-hmm. that, that like um monogamous relationships are kind of the way and um, it's all of that that what makes it really complicated and it, it's really interesting to hear you say shame because I think it's it's kind of like anything like anything that kind of goes against the grain or goes against what we're taught is normal or kind of expected or the way to be is there's always kind of shame or backlash or in any being different I guess um and so I think being a part of something that feels quite open and fluid and kind of welcoming to to different forms of loving each other I just think is really brilliant and definitely was exciting for me to explore um that idea I think it's just so great to start to see that kind of stuff now on our screens like the reason and I mean uh, people who aren't Irish who are listening to this mightn't uh, understand the the Irish guilt aspect of it <laughs> the Catholic Irish guilt of it but I mean like you know with divorce being illegal yeah. for years you yeah. know and like let alone being being able to be in a position where you feel comfortable enough and confident enough to be like that I have love for two people and I just think it's so great that like we're just growing and developing in that way that we can even just start talking about it you know yeah yeah and for and for like audiences to to look at at at, um, scenarios or characters like this and go oh you know it's it's not the end of the world if this is if this is how somebody is choosing to to live their life or or is not even choosing to feel but just how they feel and I just think it's I think it's a really great series for 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 loads of reasons but for that particular one for sure like the scene when you guys are even just all sitting in the pub when you meet your friend's new girlfriend and you're all talking about you know kind of the the kind of the politics that go around Mm -hmm. you know being exclusive and and it's and it's it's just really good conversations to have and it, it it is like oh I can see me and my friends sitting around talking like that as well you know and it's really nice to see that reflected on screen for sure yeah. um and it's always hard to do um a film or a tv show that's based off a book because people create their own images and opinions of characters in their heads so did, did you feel the pressure from that or were you able to just put it out of your head and go, okay, I'm going to focus on Francis and being Francis and being in that world? Or, you know, did those kind of pressures or, or anything, anxiety kind of of that creep in at, at any point throughout the, uh, the shooting? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, maybe more so when I was auditioning in the sense of like, that because I kind of felt like she was a real person I was like and, and felt quite different to me in, in many ways that I was kind of like how how am I going to step inside that and I think like the I guess the the way the book is written like her tone is so apparent like you can it's almost like you can hear her voice or the way that she would kind of phrase things or or I don't know I just she felt so clear to me that I guess and all her kind of characters do that I guess just trusting that if if you know if you if you really kind of follow that and and try and just put yourself inside of that whatever that is that um hopefully you know and I guess like I think you get a lot of confidence or certainly I did from from like Lenny giving me the part that that I suppose like 
that he he kind of believed that I could do it I was like okay um I'll find you know through through this book or through all of the different discussions that I would be having with him or the rest of the cast and I guess you find your your way in but in terms of like the pressures that that must that might bring like I think definitely and 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 I definitely felt like nervous about that but I think after a while or, or certainly when we started filming um it's almost like you just you kind of just get so wrapped up in actually the story you're telling and all of the different elements that that brings or the things that you're preparing for thinking about that in a way I kind of just tried to focus my energy into you know just trying to take each day as it comes rather than and um, maybe thinking of what it what it will be when it comes out and 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 what people might feel is is Francis or isn't if that makes sense yeah absolutely and I think two things is that like one also it's important to remember that it's based off the novel you know what I mean because we have different there's different writers for different episodes as well which is really important to note is that it is based off you know it's not it's never going to be word for word you know scene for scene from from the book um and then also one thing that you said there that I really loved that I'd want to pick up on especially for any actors listening is that thing of just trusting that your uh, director and you know your producer your casting team that like well you've been given this part because they trust you with it and I mean if you start doubting that then you're technically doubting them and I mean Mm -hmm. who can who can doubt Lenny Abramson so (laughs) so I think that's a really good that's a really good thing for people especially actors or creatives who might kind of suffer from what is that you know that syndrome that kind of yeah exactly imposter syndrome you know and it's like well no I was I was I was given this and trusted with this for a reason so just do it and focus it and focus on it which you did beautifully um so what's kind of one thing um as an actor um kind of about your craft I guess in a way that you've learned from conversation with friends that you'll bring with you onto um your next project um it's a really that's a really interesting question because I think yeah like I definitely learned so much stuff and and I think maybe maybe one thing that that I suppose stood out to me quite a bit was like how much you know no matter how much you kind of prepare or really think about it or talk about it like you really just don't know what's going to happen or how you're going to feel or how it's going to be until you're literally there on the day in your clothes in the room like with the people you're doing the scene with like I think there was so much source material and and, and so much time to prepare that like sometimes you can be tempted to kind of almost have it figured out before you even start and I think as I went on I really just learned through like you know the amazing direction and guidance by Lenny and and the people that I was working with who were all so so amazing like to kind of just really just let go and and kind of just really respond to to the moment and to the environment that you're in on that day and the scene plays out in the way it plays out because that's how it was on the day and 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 like that that can be really freeing actually and and kind of um bring about 
yeah things that you had no idea were going to happen and and I I would say that was something that was a really big learning experience for me and and I guess will try and bring with me a lot is is just to really learn to let go I think and when coming to stuff because uh, you know majority of the time when you do that actually it's it's the stuff that you you really didn't expect or or know would come ends up being kind of the most exciting things or or the most kind of spontaneous things which which not only for an actor but I think also for an audience is Mm, and I think like you can really only learn and get better at what you do when when you're in it you know you can really only do as you say so much preparing but you know really at the end of the day when when you're there and you're in it that's when when you're learning and you're growing um as a performer and I think um especially for you I mean straight from university straight from the Lear how how was that kind of what did you find it daunting or uh, how were you able to kind of stay grounded in that sense to kind of come straight out of drama school and into um such a big kind of production I guess in a way with like such big production value and and names and that kind of thing what was that like um yeah I mean like initially when I was cast I was just like don't like just so shocked and was like what um and I think like I was surrounded by people who like not only in in kind of the the like Lenny and 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 the cast but also like you know the people I went to college with um and my friends like just the most kind of like encouraging supportive like lovely people that I, I was just so lucky in that sense that that like although I was kind of nervous and kind of had this feeling of like of like how the hell am I going to do this that that I just had so much encouragement and I think that actually really helped me and 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 that in a sense you're like you kind of I kind of after a while was like yeah but like you know that that's what I'm trying to do I have been trying to get a job and and although this feels massive and and kind of you know can be scary like also I've been dying to kind of put into practice what I've been learning for the last four years in college and so I was kind of just raring to go at the same time and and those two things I think kind of really just helped me focus on what I wanted to do with it or 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 maybe you know yeah how I how I wanted to approach it and and I think like it's similar to to you know playing playing the character in general or any kind of pressures that that brings in itself you I, I often find that stuff comes first and then you kind of just really get your you kind of get lost in you know the the kind of work of it or all the stuff that you're you're trying to kind of do and um, yeah I guess it's your your, yeah. your job now yeah. yeah exactly and I think we um Alison and I have a few uh, mutual friends and I remember hearing um that you were going to be in conversations and a few of our mutual friends saying like yeah Alison's going to be the lead in conversation with friends and but there was no kind of surprise element there which I actually really loved because but everyone was just in everyone just knew it was in safe hands do you know what I mean there was no kind of it was like yeah of course that was gonna happen 
so which is also which is also quite nice as well I think to note um so obviously there's loads of really beautiful I want to add um intimate scenes in conversation with friends and I think it's so great now that it's uh, such a requirement to have an intimacy coordinator on set um how helpful was it knowing that like you had a person there with you going through I guess you would call it choreography in a way um like and could you imagine like not having uh one and like how important is it you know yeah I'm like so important like I and it's so mad that it's still such a like a relatively new thing because I think in a sense it's actually really like efficient as well like 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 just having you know because obviously the nature of it is it it's a, a vulnerable position to be in and and it's also like you know it, it can bring about embarrassment or any of those things and I think just having someone coming coming in and choreographing it like you would a stunt or a fight or whatever it is like it actually in a sense as well as kind of protects you and and all of those things like it's also very like you know time efficient like because like she will choreograph I guess the so we worked with Ida O'Brien who did normal people as well and and she'll kind of come in and you'll chat about um the intimate scene with herself and Lenny and whoever the, the scene is with um and and I guess what story you're trying to tell with this intimate scene and, and kind of what phase in their intimate relationship are they at is it like the first time or like after an argument or you know what what is the quality of it um and then she'll kind of um you know try out different kind of shapes of how you want to tell that story and and guide you through that and um and everything is choreographed so that when you come to kind of do it on the day like you know everything that's going to happen so you're able to just play out I guess the the characters um you know trajectory in that moment or what they're going through or how they're feeling about it rather than kind of worrying oh no what's gonna happen next and where's the camera and am I being protected and you know it's it's all kind of planned and so that like if you're say filming the scene and you need to go back or, or something like that like there's different beats or kind of phases of say the intimate mo like the intimate scene that you can just kind of jump back to and it's not you know it, it just is very kind of well well kind of organized I guess that that you can just approach it like you would a, a fight or, or any of those things and I just think that's it's it's kind of this I think that's the standard you know that that I think is set now for for how those scenes are approached and and I feel very lucky that that was my first experience of of doing it intimate scenes that that it was kind of handled that respectfully and and that well and that that's kind of now you know what I know to be how they I think it's fantastic it. that um like the crew like element and you know um Lenny and anything like with normal people and conversations is has set this bar now because yeah. that's just what it should be and should always be you know yeah. I think it's yeah. so important and that, that's yeah. so great that that you had that experience because I can only imagine that so many people haven't and I just think it's so great from like I mean this should have been obviously a thing years ago but I just think it's so great now that it's um 
near it's it's completely a requirement now you know mm-hmm. which I just think yeah. is so important so that's really really nice to hear um so you guys kind of did the one thing I do want to say though before I get into um I want to chat about the two di- directors the switch up is because they did this as well in normal people but one thing I do um want to say is like for anyone who hasn't watched it yet um I just think it's so important to look at conversations with friends completely separately to normal people. I think I I mean, I get it where people might go, oh, you know, same kind of, you know, the band's back together kind of thing, you know, with Sally and Lenny and and, and all that kind of stuff. But it's a completely different story with different characters and different scenarios. And and I just think to to separate to separate them is really really important in order to enjoy them actually Mm -hmm. um uh completely different characters and all that kind of stuff um and I just wanted to point that out um but how was it working with um so Lenny Abramson directed the uh, kind of first block of episodes and then Leanne Wellam am I saying that correctly um directed the last few so I imagine that could have been disorientating kind of getting used to one director and like their style and then it kind of switching up or did it blend quite nicely what was that like yeah I think um Lenny so Lenny did um episodes one to five and then he actually came back and did 11 and 12 so Leanne took like the middle section of the story and um and that was always the case from the beginning and like I think like I actually thought it was you know I thought it was brilliant because in a sense like even time-wise like like Lenny being able to to do his like he did I think the first three and the last two within kind of like I guess um block one and then Leanne came in and did six to ten and then at the end we all went to Croatia and did four and five and that was with Lenny and so even, yeah, like a time thing that, that Lenny could do those episodes and then he would kind of go into the edit and then Leanne would kind of come in. Gotcha, yeah. And so like, even for like the turnover for the show coming out, like it's because it there's a lot to it. And I think a director doing all 12 of that, like <laughs> the show would probably come out like next year. Or mm, and being involved in the edit as well. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um. But like Leanne, I absolutely loved working with Leanne. She's so special and she's so like, she's just amazing at kind of really giving you the space to, to do anything and, and will kind of come in. And, and I, I thought it was really interesting actually starting it off with Lenny, who, who I guess had cast us and, and we spent that kind of time preparing chatting with him a lot and that there was kind of this lovely thing I think when Leanne came in it was kind of like fresh eyes in a sense and and I just remember having loads of chats with her like when she first came in and she was like oh because you know like this about Francis and I was like oh my god yeah like I didn't even you know things that that kind of I, I kind of knew ages ago and almost kind of went needed a refresher yeah and 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 she she, yeah I just loved working with her and she kind of I guess her part when she's coming in is is the second block I always say I think is you know the consequences of the first block it's kind of once Bobby 
sorry, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but like once Bobby, you know, finds out about the affair and and all of the relationships are kind of being reestablished because Nick and Francis have decided to kind of continue this affair, you know, um, in a more kind of serious way. And uh, and so she's kind of when Leanne was coming in, she was looking at that and, and reestablishing those moments. And and yeah, she's just such an incredible director and was such a big fan of the book as well that um there was always this feeling of like oh I can't believe we're doing this and stuff which was really fun and then like working with Lenny was just I mean like epic he he really is just so gifted and so um so intelligent and so talented but also like so 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 kind and and generous and I think that's a massive part of why he is so incredible I think is because like with all his kind of I guess talents and gifts like he, he really approaches everything with such a kind of collaborative equal um approach and and really really puts you at ease and and really involves you in the whole process and and has so much respect and interest in what you think or what you might want to do at the moment and um and is also like hilarious and just creates just the most wonderful environment that I think they were both just such yeah like amazing people to work with and um, that kind of going in between the two of them I I really enjoyed and I guess because Sally like the story has such a distinct tone or feel to it that even if there's kind of different directors there's always that kind of book to return to or that mm. that kind of base level of of the world and that we're in mm -hmm. but I certainly feel like those that kind of crossover is seamless because they both were working from the same kind of um work like world or material you know and and I just think yeah I just think they're both so amazing so I was lucky to work with both of them it sounded super um kind of collaborative which is really really cool and like kind of rare for kind you know sometimes yeah. big budget stuff you know sometimes it's all about the time and the money and and mm -hmm. you know they don't really have the the time or the um that kind of mindset for kind of collaborating and asking what do you think and so that's really really nice to hear that that was definitely a huge factor on set yeah definitely for and I loved that element of it and and certainly felt new to me like you know us us being involved in like them sending us the drafts and asking our opinions and then also like on the day like shooting a, a scene like the producers would be you know that could be just as much involved in, in what happens as a moment as the actors and I loved that kind of real collaboration of of that we're all working together to to make this this thing the the best that it can be um and and that everyone's kind of uh role or or whatever it is kind of informs each other mm. absolutely and i i'd really love to um chat about um francis's kind of storyline of um when she goes into hospital and the pain that she goes through um so after hours on the bathroom floor and trips to the hospital um we finally 
um, learned that she suffers from endometriosis, which is a chronic condition. Um, and I was looking it up earlier. It's because uh, I knew it was common, but it's a chronic condition currently affecting approximately 190 million women worldwide. And it's just not talked about or discussed enough at all. Um, so I was delighted to see some sort of representation on screen. Um, and I think it was actually a perfect representation in the sense of it takes us so long to get to um, that result for Francis. You know, it's always the, oh, no, it's just really bad period pains or are you sure you're not pregnant or, you know, all of these kinds of things before uh, it, it, it has to get really, really bad before mm -hmm. before we can even get anywhere looking into the treatment or the or, or what women can do for it. So what was it like dealing with that that kind of subject matter and shooting it as well? And kind of how important was that for you to to be involved in that kind of a storyline for young women? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think also, like with Frances's story, in a sense, like she, she actually on, on average, actually gets a really quick diagnosis like like there's some yeah. people that you know are waiting for a diagnosis for you know about 10 years mm. uh, and and I think it's true of you know some people some people do get them quicker than others and and some doctors are able to spot it quicker but I think it's such a complicated thing because as you say it's yeah it's not talked about enough and and I think like one in ten women in every country have it um and yet it's kind of it's 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 like this thing of oh it's I remember reading online like this this woman who um had endometriosis and she was saying how because that that wasn't a thing that she'd ever heard of or knew existed she thought her periods were the same as everyone else's but she just wasn't strong enough to deal with it and so I think like you know that that kind of lack of discussion not only you know doesn't give you an answer to your problem but also it kind of yeah makes you feel like you can't handle things or that there's something wrong with you but there, there's no kind of reason for it and I think a lot of women definitely feel a sense of yes closure or not closure but like you know when you get an answer to something that's been paining you for so long like that that has a relief in itself but also you know some of the effects of of endometriosis um can sometimes be infertility and so that is also like you know a, a whole other Thing in itself that, that people have to deal with and it's not the case for for every person who has endometriosis but it is kind of a, a, um, an effect of it and I think coming to to play that and and to I guess represent that did feel like a really big responsibility because yeah as as we say so many people um deal with it and I think like it's a chronic pain disease and so it, it's it's incredibly painful for so many people and, and and debilitating like you know um and I think when we were when we were shooting it and talking about how we wanted to to kind of portray it she goes into such depth in the book about the kind of quality of pain and and how you know 
just just how awful it is so we we kind of would always go a bit more I think when, when we were shooting it and, and certainly like in episode six doing all of that stuff with Leanne like we just kind of felt like oh yeah she this I guess this moment has to be um significantly worse than than anything she's experienced before um, and it's kind of a shift in in her that starts that that kind of looking for answers of, of what's what's happening to my body um and I guess from that moment on we kind of wanted to feel like that that there's also a shift in Francis's mood and that there is something literally pulling her down that is unlinked to everything that's happening with all of the other stuff in her life and her relationships and everything that she's going through um and I guess you know the feeling that that when you have endometriosis like even when you're not on your period like it's it's always with you and it's always something that you are dealing with and I like how in our story you you know are, are watching this person and experience life and it's coming of age and all these different relationships um, so it's not as such a story about a girl with endometriosis. It's it's a story about, you know, these people. But, you know, she, she has endometriosis alongside all of the different stuff that she's dealing with in her life. And that's that's the case in reality. You know, mm. people have to deal with this day to day, but they also have to go about their lives and live their lives. And so um, I think all of those things were just really important to us to kind of get right and, and feel um authentic um to people who have it and then also people who who don't and hopefully can can learn from that in some way and um, so I felt yeah a really big responsibility but um also I feel lucky to be a part of of representing that as well so absolutely I think it's just so important especially for younger girls as well like that who might be going through it exactly as you say and think like oh but that's just you know that's just me you know and well actually no there there is something wrong and and it's uh it's just so great to have a representation of it on screen for sure um and one thing that I would love to ask you is what would you like viewers to to kind of take away from from watching conversations with friends um I mean like there, I guess there's so many things you can take away from it and and our version of the story I think is is it's very thoughtful and and quiet and it's slower in pace to I think a lot of things that you see on TV and in a sense you kind of are getting these studies of people almost like you're with them in, in real time and so just like even narratively like just to be you know moved or compelled by watching human behavior and, and kind of watching these different people go through things in their lives um, and just yeah find the story is kind of moving and in, as interesting as, as I did when I read it um but also I think like you know there one of the things that definitely stood out to me when I read it was was um just this this kind of real female drive going through the story whether it's kind of intense female friendships or or female pain or just the, the female experience I think that is a really big part of the story and 
Um, and I guess, yeah, I, I think that's something that I really took from it. And I always think seeing more things about that is always great. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, you just saying there about being moved and compelled by your guys' story. One thing, I don't know why, but one thing for me in conversation with friends was uh, Frances's relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily a big storyline in it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a huge chunk or anything, but every scene that you guys had together or interaction or anything just felt so visceral for me. Um, and I think it was because as well, you know, we don't really see representations of those kinds of uh, relationships. You know, it's either like a, a father and daughter that's really, really close or, you know, the father's not in their life. Whereas Francis's dad is in her life, but also might as well not be as well in another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing as well, I just think Tommy Tiernan is just so beautiful um such a stunning actor so what was it like kind of playing those scenes with such a big personality but actually Mm -hmm. his his character is kind of so insular and like that as you say it's a quieter um story and you know uh, what 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 was that kind of dynamic like and and did you guys have much time together beforehand or you know was there any prep or chat about the the dynamic or the relationship there yeah I I think that relationship is so pivotal to Frances's story and and a really big part of why she is the way she is I think um we myself and Tommy met and had a rehearsal with Lenny um before we started and and just chatted a lot about backstory really and and what what that relationship is before we come to meet it in the story I think it goes into a lot of detail in the book um about you know um he's he's struggled with alcoholism for quite a while now and I think um growing up she kind of had to decide from a young age how she wanted to respond to that and whether she you know wanted to kind of um I guess be make him be try to get him to be kinder to her and and be more kind of a part of of his life or or I guess develop this protective shield around her that you know she would call this this kind of coldness that that I guess wouldn't let him in so whether he was kind of trying to reach out or trying to hurt her if she had this kind of wall she was untouchable and I think that's exactly what she takes into her her later life and why she kind of can't can't let life in sometimes or kind of becomes quite guarded and withholding when she feels she's she's threatened in some way um but I think you know we talked a lot about about when that all started and 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 how it developed and what his kind of moods I guess um entailed um and so that by the time you kind of meet them when she's like 21 and she's she's gone to college like a lot of their their relationship is quite like transactional in the sense that he kind of um gives her an allowance uh when she's in college and when she comes back home she'll go and visit him and clean his dishes and watch telly with him um but it's it's very like 
it's almost like a traditional relationship and the fact that her mum's like he's your dad you go see him like maintain that relationship but she's at that age where she's kind of challenging those things a little bit and kind of saying what like actually what is this and 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 what are either of us getting from this dynamic and I think like it's just really moving I found because I guess there's so much scar tissue and so much damage that that I guess happened when she was younger that they're trying to I guess like patch all of that over and kind of be almost civil and whilst of course there's there's so much pain and and, and love for each other like they don't Mm. know how to get past that or communicate that and I think that's such a recognizable dynamic with, with parents whether they're you know struggling with anything or not um family dynamics are so difficult and and um and so yeah that that was one that felt really kind of definitely massive to me when I was playing her the whole time and and made a lot of sense of of her behavior to me actually was that relationship with her dad and I really liked how in the end you kind of see her grow up a little bit and, and kind of decide you know as much as I resent the past that that we had or the things that happened between us and she learns a lot of this through her mom as well is actually I I love you amidst all of this and I just I just want you to be okay um and so she kind of welcomes him back in her life in a Mm. sense I think it's such a gorgeous um um kind of representation of two people who are feeling so much but just can't express it yeah um and I just think you both did such a gorgeous gorgeous job in those scenes so because of the nature of the podcast um we I usually ask um my guests there I don't like to say favorite film because I hate that question but just if they if there has been a film in your life that has made an impact in, in like in your life you know or on you or an influence um in any sort of way something like one that you'll always remember kind of thing or maybe one that you'll always revisit um and then also if you have a favorite Irish film and you can say this now openly because we were chatting about a tv show so you don't have to be political politically correct <laughs> at all <laughs> um, it's such a hard question because there's so many things I watched worst person in the world um and I had COVID at the time so I was feeling a little bit glum about life Mm. and I honestly felt like well first of all I think the lead actress um Renata is that her name Mm -hmm. is honestly like the embodiment of like it's just like a, a complete appetite for life like she just the the way that she, that that character like totally just like grabs onto life and all of the different experiences that it can offer and all of the different things that it brings like both joy and pain it was one of those films that I watched and I honestly felt like <laughs> like the the life that she was bringing to that film was literally being like passed into me like I was so so inspired by it Mm. so it made me so excited and so moved at all that all of the different things that she was feeling and going through and like I was just completely glued 
and it's a beautiful film everything about it like just the experience of like life place as well and how like how you imagine a certain life for yourself and if a person who you're with wants that to go in a different direction like how how you not how you accommodate other people in in your kind of life path and and the decisions that you have to make whether you want to follow the feelings that you have or you want to kind of hold on to the things that you know what what works and I think anything that just feels really kind of real or, or grounded I just I'm so drawn to and so I ended up then going to see that movie another two times <laughs> in the cinema and I just and each time I got something different from it yeah and like every time I cried and I just think it's like an instant classic or something like I and just I think to to see a, a story of of just a women that age and going against the grain and yeah. you know and it being okay and yeah it's it really is it's gorgeous I'm I'm with you there on that one that is a really gorgeous choice and as a female actor as well it's just like oh, it's, it's just done so well you're just in such such safe hands with her she's fab yeah, yeah and and that director as well is just mm. unbelievable like I just yeah it, it really is a very very special film so that's kind of I'll probably watch it again like next week honestly. I'll join you I'll join you <laughs> well Alison thank you so much for coming on to chat to me and um for any silly people out there who haven't binged uh watch conversation with friends like I did uh you can catch it on BBC iPlayer and I think it's in kind of uh real time on uh RTE as well you can also catch it on the RTE uh, iPlayer um, and here at Irish Film London, we wish you all the best with all of your future successes. And we can't wait to uh, see all of the wonderful things that you're going to do. And I'm sure we'll be having you back on again to chat very soon. So thanks so much for coming on to talk to me. Thank you so much, Niamh. This was so lovely. <laughs> thanks. Bye. And that's it for this week's interview. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you've really enjoyed it. Thank you to Culture Ireland and the Irish Emigrant Support Programme. Myself and Jerry will be back in a fortnight with a brand new interview. See you then.